Hello and welcome to Own Your Intuition. I'm Kelly Rich. I'm your host. I'm an intuitive psychic medium based out of Portland, Maine, offering intuitive readings and mentorships globally. I'm also the creator of Bug Light Yoga, a seasonal seaside outdoor yoga community at Bug Light Park in South Portland, Maine. Um, We have just begun the fifth season together. If you'd like to attend a class, purchase a class pass, or work together one-on-one, you can schedule your sessions at kellyrichintuitive.com. Okay, let's get down to business. This week, I have Gerda Victor on the show, and her wisdom is dynamite. I loved having this conversation, and there were a lot of aha moments for me personally. Can't wait for you to listen. We talk about money, we talk about prosperity, the divine, manifestation, and how our language matters. I invite you to listen with an open heart. And as with everything else I offer you, take it with a grain of salt, hold and carry what resonates. And if you enjoy this conversation or you learn something, please share the episode with your loved ones. And you can tag me on Instagram at Kelly Rich Intuitive. Okay. Enjoy, beloved. Thank you so much um, for for having me on here. And, you know, I can totally resonate with everything you just said. Like this was part of my journey. Also, as someone who um, consider myself being, you know, spiritual and really looking at like, how do I live with, you know, I like to use the, you know, the phrase like Jesus, like live with your feet on earth, but your mind and your mind in heaven. And it's like, how do I come to wrap my head around that I am a spiritual being having a human experience? And how can I allow these physical things in this physical world that I am currently living in to support me without creating like a discord or a split between my physical human needs and my spiritual needs? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just wrote a little bit about kind of that topic today around, you know, this idea that there are so many people that have incarnated right now at this point in history. And sometimes we can get caught up in the spiritual sides of like leaving our bodies. I love how you just, what you just shared of like feet on the earth. And and I think you said your mind in the heavens. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like sometimes when people go down the spiritual road or route, they think or they perceive that to be up in the heavens and in these higher dimensions is where everything is. And no, you've got to have your feet on the ground. You've got to be also in the third dimension, right? Of like paying your bills and making sure you're tending to your body. and, And we can use those practices to support us spiritually, right? Like you yeah. both. You can't just be like, oh, um, third eye chakra. I'm just going to hang out there forever. It's no, but <laughs> you need to have your roots. <laughs> you need to yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why um, spiritual um, entrepreneurs, which which is really like my work has transitioned to really serving that community, um, is to help spiritual entrepreneurs align with their divine cash flow and to make money doing their soul's work without the burning out. Right. And when you are 
when you spend a lot of time just being in that spiritual world, you are disconnected with what you need here on earth. And that's what creates the internal turmoil of like, you know, I'm a healer. I'm teaching this message of divine alignment, but my life is not aligned because my needs are not being met, right? Here I am, I'm preaching um, holistic healing, organic healing. But every time I go to Whole Foods, I'm having a heart attack, you know? And it's like looking at these little areas where there is discord, um, misalignment with what we're preaching and how we are living. And this is where like the spiritual bypass really comes in. Um, you know, and I love what you said about manifestation is because there's this belief, I'm just going to sit here and I will raise my hand all day and say, yeah, I was one of those people. I'm just going to sit here and then like a bag of cash is just going to fall on my lap because I meditated on money. Right. (laughs) And it doesn't work that way. (laughs) No. And I think a lot of people think that it does or did, Mm -hmm. you know, and then people started kind of like, I don't know, calling each other out and I'm all about, or at least I'm working on like calling myself forth and calling others forth rather than calling them out and calling myself mm-hmm. out. It feels much more gentle, even even the language around it, right? Like calling someone forth versus calling someone out. And yeah. Oh my God. Like again, some I just got chills when you said this because a few months ago I was in a situation where there was a lot of um disharmony within the group. And, you know, the topic of like calling people out. And I said, no, this isn't calling people out. I was like, this is calling them up, calling them forth to rise up to what what you see, what you know is in all of us, you know? And, and, and it was clear to me, like, there is that distinction between like calling someone out, which feels very much like pointing the finger and judgmental. And when you say, I'm calling you up, meaning I'm, I want to have this conversation at that level where I truly see you, you know, the being, the divine being that you are versus calling out, your human, your personality and shadow tendencies. Seeing each other just for who we are, like deep, deep beyond the physical realm and and also using our voices to help others rise and and less judgment, right? Like yeah. less judgment and I was I was writing about this today too. So interesting. Just how, you know, when we can call each other forth instead of calling them out, there's less judgment. And when we're judging, it's our ego. It's not our truest, highest divine nature, right? Right, right. And I have a, a, a thing with judgment is realizing, you know, you don't judge something unless that thing is also in you, right? Mm-hmm. And I look at it like there's three things. When you're judging or, and judging and jealousy kind of, kind of go side by side because the judgment is usually because I'm judging you because you're doing something that I wish I could be doing, but I am not giving myself permission to do that thing. So therefore I am judging you and I'm jealous of you. Or it's, you know, I am still doing that. And the fact that I see you doing the thing that I don't like within me is causing some upset within me. So I am going to judge you <laughs> for doing that thing. 
Or it's actually, I have done that and I hate myself that I have been that person and you'll be in the person that, you know, I hated myself for. So the judgment is always an opportunity for us to look at where am I being that? Where have I done that? And where is it that I have a desire to do that? And from that place, we take away um, the shadow and then we can drop in deeper to what is really true for us. And from that place, we can really show up that person and really see them. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I need to process that. Wow. I feel like what you're saying, like when we judge others, it's, it's, there's something in us and Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to point our fingers out. Right. Than it is yeah. to like point our fingers at. We we studied with Kobe together, and Kobe. Talks yes, about we did. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember when I first heard her say that of like it's so much easier to just point our fingers out at others of what they're doing wrong rather than looking at where we may be in alignment with what we think they're doing wrong. Right. Yeah. Because you have to realize that you've been lying to yourself. and then that's the work and that's the work that a lot of us at least I've I have to say like anybody that is diving into like the healing world or the holistic world or the spiritual world it's like maybe every single person has come up against that and if you haven't then maybe you're not really doing work that is creating change yeah you need to go deeper (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) you just scratch on the surface (laughs) yeah I loved what you said. I want to go back to this though. I wrote it down. Um, when our needs aren't being met, that there's misalignment, particularly like when you're talking about whole foods and like having a heart attack in whole foods. And I'm where my mind went was you looking at price tags and being able to buy them. Is that true? Or you're talking about something else? No, I am absolutely um, talking about that. Um, well, there's two things that happens there, right? Number one, because especially if you are doing this work of connecting with spirit where you are expanding your consciousness and your awareness, you are walking around with your senses open. And this is what people would call like empath. And I mean, I can say more about that. There's a tendency when you talk about being empath, like it's like a weakness or you got to shut down, you got to put yourself in your bubble. No, actually, it's about how do you stand being able to expand and take in all energies without it affecting or disrupting you. So what happens when you go to a place like Whole Foods, you are sensing all the people who are having anxiety about price tags, right? (laughs) Mm. So it's like, how are you able to decipher what am I experiencing right now that's truly mine? And what is it other people's stuff that I am picking up on, right? So it's like, you're having that experience and both, both are true and both can be true. But the more we do the work to really acknowledge like what is mine, the more you're able to acknowledge what is not mine and then choose accordingly. And if it 
is yours that you have in this, like, oh my God, like this is so expensive and I'm spending so much money and this isn't right, you know? And then you go into that judgment of whole foods and of the world of, again, you being disconnected because the truth is you can have all the money. You can't have all the money to buy all of the things that you want to buy. But if you at Whole Foods judging that I'm spending so much money on this and there are people in Africa starving, then you're not going to be able to do that because the mindset is because I have all this money, I'm taken away from other people having money, which is just not true. It's just a lie that we have been fed, you know, that we've bought into that keeps us from really stepping into the true abundance that is available not only to us, but to all. And our work here is to fully tap into that so we can help others and show others what is possible. Like your guilt about people starving in Africa is not helping the people starving in Africa. But perhaps you having the money, right, to go to Africa <laughs> and help people might help. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. I've I will be totally transparent. I've been that person in the past that mm-hmm. has thought that like if I have money, then there would be judgment on me of what I should be doing with it, or I made too much. I don't deserve it because people are don't have enough, and and that's. I I realized and I, I, you know, it wasn't quick. I didn't come to that quickly. (laughs) And I will share, like, this was my big thing of like, I've always known that, like, I wanted more money. I wanted more wealth. And it's actually in my genial line, right? To, to create abundance. And, um, So I got to the point where there was also people in my, somewhere along the way, people, some people in my family fell into like, you know, this poverty thing. And I saw the people in my family who had money or had not even a lot of money, just what we would call better means. They were like being drained by other people in the family who had this expectation. Um, So I'm from Haiti and um, I grew up with my mom, who's a single mom, and we have family back home. So there was a lot of expectation Like when you live when you live in the U.S. and you have family in other parts of the world, um, like Haiti, the Caribbean and Africa, there's this expectation that you are supposed to take care of people. So I saw myself just downright refusing to make money <laughs> because I didn't want to feel obligated to, 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 to help people. I, and it was like something I had to wrestle with, like, you know, thinking like, oh, I'm greedy, I'm selfish. But there was that part of me that's like, no, my success is for me. Like my cash is for me. And I know it can sound very like, oh, but... If I'm creating for other people and I'm leaving myself out Mm -hmm. of the equation, that's also not good. This is what leads to adrenal fatigue and burnout and anger and resentment. 
Yep. I just have goosebumps <laughs> to that. Yeah. I, I was listening to Oprah say, Oprah was with someone on some podcast and, you know, she was talking about how when she started to make money <clears throat> and she would have this one family member that would a- always ask for money, like a particular amount of money. And they would say, because you have it, you know, why wouldn't you give it to me? And she kept giving it and giving it every time this person asked. And then eventually they were like, you know, they asked again, like, Hey, can I have a, you know, hundred thousand dollars to do X, Y, and Z with? And she was saying yes from a place of guilt and mm-hmm. not wanting to be like looked at a certain way. I'm probably going to butcher like what she said, but this is <laughs> my understanding of it. And that when we say yes, when we really mean no, it leads to resentment. And I feel like that goes with money as well. And whether or not we are successful on our own terms, right? It's like that it's not even really about that. It comes down to what is real and true for us? Who do we want to help? Do we have the resources to help? And do we actually want to? Yes. Because if we yeah. don't want to and it comes from a place of guilt, that that will essentially harm us too. And them. And, and <laughs> totally. And them. And I feel like, like, damn, you know, this is really, I think talking about this too, Yerda, during a pandemic when there's a lot of change and shifts and people are out of work and I have employment and there's just, there's a lot of people hurting right now, I think financially. And I feel like doing our work mentally around our relationship with money as energy is important. Do you agree? I absolutely um, agree. Um <clears throat> Oh my God, this is, I feel like there's so much to unpack in, in that because there's, there's two things. There's the looking at money as energy and also looking at what is your true source of abundance. So that's a big and, question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in regards to money as energy, which we hear that in the spiritual world and law of attraction, everything is energy, right? Uh, Money is both, right? So everything we see in the energetic, in the 3D world has an energetic component to it. And money is no different. So when I say money is energy, is really what I'm talking about, which I'm pretty sure that's what is meant by that, is that money comes to our experience from the current of abundance of the universe. It's part of the current of abundance in the universe. This is why the other word for money is currency. So, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. And people have a hard time grasping that in regards to money because when they hear money is energy, and this is what I meant, you know, earlier when we think about, oh, I'm just going to meditate, money is going to fall on my lap. (laughs) Money, (laughs) money does not exist as a tangible thing in the spirit world. It only exists because there's nothing tangible in the spirit world, right? Mm. But there's potential. So money really exists as a potential. And when I say money, I mean the abundance, right? The opulence of the universe. And since 
in this reality, we decided money was a way that we were going to experience abundance and luxury and, you know, regalness and all that stuff, which all of these things are just an energy, right? Ralph. So money shows up in our world from that energy so that we can experience that. And because money is... um a tangible thing in the 3D world, there are actually things that we need to do, right? And this is where it gets tricky, where people get into do, 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 doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So money is the part of the um, 3D experience as a potential and the potential and you our job is to turn that potential if we're talking about energy potential energy into kinetic energy so it requires us like people like you like myself oh I have an idea for this amazing program that I think is going to totally change people's life that's a potential it's it's not something real yet right and then you do the work, you, you do your flyers or you talk about it and you put it out there. And it's still, so like the energy is, is, is starting to move, right? And then someone goes, oh my God, Kelly, <laughs> that intuitive workshop <laughs> that you're doing is something I've been looking for. Where do I sign up? Mm, yeah. And then they go and they give you money. now your source the source now if someone did not sign up for that workshop and this is why when people lose their job or their business fail there's a lot of like hopelessness because a lot of people look at their job what do we say well that's my only source of income Your job and your business is a pathway. It's a channel. It's a means through which the divine pays you. I'm just going to say it like that. (laughs) I'm writing that down. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You are actually the source. Whoa. Yeah. Your job is a channel, right, or the means through which the divine pays you. And it's not the only way. No, that's just it. It's not uh, the only way. <laughs> I, like I could cry. Yeah, that's a really beautiful reminder. And it goes so much hand in hand with what you were saying just a moment ago around we get caught up in the doingness, the do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. And we think that that then we're then we think that then we are worthy after we do all of these things, right? It's like yeah. what is what is your true understanding of success? Right. Is success is success really the doingness and the do 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 create 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 consume 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 and then that's mm-hmm. when you get paid and that's how the divine pays you? Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and <laughs> I mean it could be truth if you're stuck in that in that vibration. Right. It could be truth and this is what leads right to the um adrenal fatigue. Yeah. Um you know the burnout and the loss of excitement and joy for doing the, the work that you're put here to do. Mm, yeah. The burnout. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. The burnout is not necessary. <laughs> right. Right. When I was growing up, 
I had a lot of language around me that like money didn't grow on trees and that whole foods was whole paycheck and just, a, <laughs> a, you know, like a lot of limiting language around money and that in order to make money, you had to work hard or you had to do, you had to go to a certain school and you had to study a certain way and you had to have a job that looked a certain way. And, you know, I was actually told growing up, um, there was a time in my life where I wanted to be a designer. I wanted to design clothes and I would, I would refurbish clothes and I had a mannequin and I would sew and I would do all these things. And I remember one time somebody said to me, you'll never make money doing that. Mm. You'll never make money doing that. And I believed that to be true. And I, mm. and I went an entirely different way. I mean, that's a whole other topic, but it's just conversation, <laughs> but it, it's just, you know, the vibration of language I think is really important. And I'd love to hear your, you know, your belief and your beliefs and also just what you feel around language when it comes to money in general and abundance. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we could do like a three hour podcast. <laughs> Maybe I need to have you come back on and we'll talk even more and more and more. And, um, I mean, I can absolutely relate because I grew up with all of these um, beliefs, you know, and I remember, I'm just going to translate what this means um, in English, but I remember my family saying to me, like, you know, I have champagne taste on a beer budget, basically. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's that part of <laughs> us that knows, right? It's that part of us that knows, like, this experience here is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be yes. magical. It's supposed to be pleasurable, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just like, as a child, we don't have these... um limited perspective. So we're going to run towards the thing that feels like, yeah, this feels like beauty. Yes, this feels like magic. Yes, this feels like pleasure. And then you get the adult saying, um, you know, reel it in. <laughs> you yeah, can't like have that. Fantasy. You can't be that. Yeah. Um, so, and I love what you're asking about language and energy behind language. And this is something that I've really been looking at not just energy behind language, but energy behind actions, right? Um, I remember meeting with someone um, who was like a financial planner, a financial um, advisor. And um, so we were, you know, talking, she was telling me about like, she was basically trying to sign me on as a client. And one thing she said I was like, I know this is not someone that I need to work with because they are not clear on what the energetics of money is, the vibration of money. And it's just, there's a lot of like money management and money empowerment, wealth empowerment that's being done from a very unconscious place. So this person says to me, well, we teach our clients on how to take their emotions out. And I'm like, do you realize how much people's emotions govern (laughs) their actions? Maybe all of them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like whether like it's good or bad, like there's so much emotion that goes in to making a decision when it comes to money. And I look at things like, For example, when people talk about saving for rainy days, I mean, it sounds like a good idea, right? But 
Not that I'm saying that people shouldn't save, but here's the thing. If you're saving for rainy days, rainy days will come. The reason you call it rainy day is because it's a, not only an unexpected expense, it's undesirable. <laughs> Damn. Right? What if we could get to the place where we're saving because it's joyful to have money? Oh my gosh, I just wrote down joy fund. <laughs> As you said that, I was writing joy fund. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, like instead of a rainy day, like instead of it being this negative thing, what if it was joyful? Exactly. I'm saving money because I like to have money. And when the unexpected come, I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. There's not that stress, that angst because I didn't have the money. This is the living like the two paradox, right? Um. To recognize, well, things happen in this 3D world. It just does, right? It just does. And what if we could look at everything from a place of more awareness and empowerment? Like, yes, the heater broke or the car, whatever. I have the money for that. Right. I have the money for that and it's okay. And um, I'm not like upset that I have to spend this money. (laughs) Yes, I feel like I'm thinking things and you're taking them out of my head and I'm having a very trippy experience right now. (laughs) I'm kind of geeking out over here in my little corner of the world. (laughs) We both are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And the other one that I like to look at when it comes to that is retirement, Mm, right? Saving for retirement. What's the energy of retirement? How many people do we know that are retired or actually living and enjoying their life? Retirement is like, oh, well, you know, you're not going to be working. Money's not going to be coming in. So let's make sure you have some money, um, you know, for retirement. What about building your retirement, building this money so you can have the money to enjoy more of life for the rest of your days? Not so that you have money to keep you alive as you wither away. (laughs) Right. And being stressed. And being stressed. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm not sure if I answered the question. I feel like I I went off. But like to me, like these things, they do have uh, energy behind them. And um, because like this is part of having the relationship with money, right? Like when you make these choices, when you do these actions from a more conscious place, then you get to be more profitable. You get to be more um, lucrative because there's a lightness around your, um, your action. It's not based out of preparing for the worst or fear and, you know, angst. Yeah, that's exactly right. I feel like I'm just, I'm thinking about so much right now, just of, you know, my own language and my own relationship with money and how it's shifted and, and fear around money has been very real. Even when mm-hmm. I had, even when moments where I ha- felt like I had money, like there was still yeah. that underlying fear that was very similar when I didn't have any money. Yeah. And I feel like it is a part of our work as spiritual teachers or facilitators 
to do our own work so that we can empower others in this way. Because, you know, what I wrote down, Gerda, when we were talking the other day, I think I found it on your website was, or or somewhere that said, prosperity is your divine birthright. Mm -hmm. And I've really been carrying that, that language in my heart. And anytime I clear my house energetically, like bless my home and clear it, and anytime, like before COVID, I was doing, um, I would go to people's homes and to their businesses or, or places where they, um, like realtors would hire me to go clear spaces that were difficult to sell. And mm-hmm. um, one thing that I would welcome in into the ceremony was prosperity. Like mm-hmm. may space be filled with prosperity. May all who walk through be blessed with joy and love and, and you know, all the things, but pr- prosperity was was in it. And, you know, reading your language, prosperity is your divine birthright, brought me back to those experiences of like, oh yeah, I believe I was practicing that without having that exact language because I think I felt guilty about it Mm. around the idea that prosperity is also mine. If it's your divine birthright, (laughs) then it's mine, right? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't have to exit myself out of that conversation. And I feel like, and I'd love to hear your thoughts around this too. Like, as healers and as people who have wisdom that they're willing to share, we also need to protect our energy and we need to have pleasure, step away from the work. And like it, joy is also our divine birthright. We can right. have fun and this can be a great experience. And one of my teachers says, God wants you to make money. Like I remember one time she looked right at me and she was like, Kelly, God wants you to make money. <laughs> and I, I was like, Oh my God, you're right. Like, <laughs> It's okay to charge a fee that we need to support ourselves and that judge us for it really has nothing to do with us and everything to do with them. Yes, yes. So first of all, I want to say when you talked about blessing the home, I got chills all over, you know, um, may this place be filled with prosperity. And one of the things that came to mind is that Prosperity is more than money. Mm-hmm. It's an experience. It's a life experience, right? Money definitely helps you with that experience. I like to call it like living magic, which is what I do with my work, helping people like, how do you tap into the magic, right? And um, and I love that your teacher says that God wants you to make money. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I I have I I can totally resonate with that. I don't say these exact words, but it's pretty much the same thing. It's like your soul's work is your pathway to abundance. Mm-hmm. As a soul being, you came here to express something. Like in um, Christianity, like that's what I understand that to mean: for the glory of God to be manifested through you, right? So, so this is, so this ties into what I was saying about like, what is your true source is that if you look at it, you're working for the divine, of course you're going to get paid. (laughs) Yeah. I work with spirit. Exactly. Of course you're Mm -hmm. going to get paid. So doing your soul's work or your calling is how you express the thing that you came here to express. You do this by serving, 
offering up your, 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 your gifts, you know, and then people get transformed through you, whether it's your art, your coaching, your cooking, your cleaning, like whatever that is for you that your soul came here to express is your pathway to abundance. So I look at it like you offer up your gifts and the universe gifts back to you. So mm-hmm. it's like the gift gifts back to you. This is the universe's way of saying, good job. Well done. Here's some money. Go and enjoy your life. <laughs> yeah. I felt, I have felt that a few times and then also felt guilt for it. You know, because mm. myself like that person, I'm just like, why are they homeless? And I'm not really taking on that energy and that responsibility. And mm. I've come to learn it's not my responsibility. Right. Like I am my responsibility. Right. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. That's really big to come to that realization and to fully own that, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot, and that's where I had to come to, right? Especially like, you know, being from Haiti and being a woman of color, um, especially during these times here, right? Of really recognizing where is my response? Like, who is responsible for me? <laughs> who is responsible for me to have the things that I want in my life? Who is responsible for me to live my most wonderful, magical experience here? I yeah, am. Exactly. I had a family member say to me, I remember it was like after purchasing a bag of some kind and um, they were like, wow, you better find a rich husband to support you with, with your lifestyle. (laughs) And I heard that multiple times based on my taste. I think you talked about this a little bit ago too. And it was like, as I got older, I was like trying to unpack that. I was like, well, first of all, I don't need a man to support me financially. And, <laughs> and I'm not saying that from a negative place. Like it's so wonderful. My partner wants to support me fi- financially, but I don't need that. And I know that I can sustain myself. And also like, why is that a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Why, why is it a bad thing to, to like, or to desire or to admire nice, nice things that are crafted well? Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. And Wow. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about like your soul's work is, I think you said like your soul's work is your pathway to abundance. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I started doing work that really felt in alignment with me that, that my completely, my, my outlook on my finances changed as well because I was making more money than I, than I ever was doing things that were so out of alignment with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, right? And it continues to shift and it continues to evolve. But I, what I would love to hear from you, if you're willing to talk about this, I know we're running out of time, is um, what is your advice, if any, for people that feel like they're not in alignment with their soul's calling or their soul's purpose and they're having um, challenges financially? Hmm. Um, so that would be the first thing that I would say is that your soul's work is your pathway to abundance. Because I feel like anyone who's on this path, on this journey, until they understand that, they're not going to be all in. There's always going to be this like, yeah, you know, 
I do cards or I do Reiki, but you know, my nine to five is where I make money. Until (laughs) that's language, right? You you saying that, that means that you've already decided that you're not going to make money doing Reiki or your cards. Exactly. Because you just said it. You just said where you made money was nine to five. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So that's the piece that people really have to get. It's like the soul work is your pathway to abundance and your nine to five is not the source. It's not the source. It's just a means. It's just a channel. You have it within you to open up another channel. You can open as many channels as you want, as wide as you want. Uh, because oh, I, <laughs> I could cry. Yeah. <laughs> the universe does not discriminate in how much you get, who gets what. That's why you have people who are rich, people who are poor. Like the quicker mm. we get that, the quicker we can col- bridge the gap, right? That if I have, then I'm stopping someone from, from having. So it's, Understanding, first of all, what is the calling? What is, and calling is the thing that you cannot not do, right? Like, even <laughs> if you're not getting paid for it, you find yourself doing it anyways, because it's the thing like you're like, well, this isn't working. I'm going back to my nine to five, or I'm going to get a job. And then you are restless at that job, mm-hmm. or you have an issues at that job, and then you have to. Go find another job to start all over again. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it's really getting that understanding that whatever the calling is, the desire is there because the way to meet the desire is also there. The desire would not have been there if the way to meet the desire was not there. And um, and that's something that I had to kind of work with because there was this split psyche of like, oh, there's what I want. And then there's what the divine want or spirit wants, you know, growing up with beliefs like uh, desire of the flesh. That's awful. That's sinful. <laughs> I couldn't understand like, oh, is this my desire? Or is that God's desire? Like, who wants this thing? So spinning in the head, doing all this judgment about um, what I call it is like the split will. Mm. There's only one will. There's only one will. And the sooner we align with that, like the things that we say that is not of the divine, they're just judgments that we've picked up from our family, society. Like you saying um, the thing about the bag, right? It's like there's seeing and there's perception. You see the bag, but you perceived something greater. Like I heard this said and I was like, whoa. Like you see a flower, you perceive beauty. You know, so there's like seeing with your eyes and then there's the perception. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's really being true with, 
what we truly desire. Drop in to what is the desire and a little bit of why do I want this thing? Not from a place of judgment, but to really get clear, to make sure the energy is clear. Like if I want to be successful because then I'll be worthy of love and then my family will appreciate me and it's like, mm, good luck with that one. <laughs> good luck with that. You're just welcoming more lessons with that one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you drop in, because it's like, I want to do this thing because I want to help people. I want to make sure, you know, when this planet that I'm living on is a more conscious place, it's more awakened people are really living magic they're really un- experiencing their divinity right and we are we all can partake in this pleasure and party of this experience and i want to do my part to ensure that more and more people have that experience because it lights me up because it fills me up to do so you coming from a different place. Uh, wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yes. I feel like you're pull- you've been pulling at my heartstrings all morning. And <laughs> that is, that's really important to me. And to, yeah. to share that with others as well. And I think with what's yeah. going on in the world right now too, is to be mindful of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's continuing to ask ourselves, how can I be a contribution or a greater contribution. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say with what's going on in this world is um, <clears throat> a lot of what's happening is the collective consciousness, right? The collective lower consciousness, I will say. And for the collective to change, the individual consciousness needs to shift. And until Damn. we can do that, right? Because we make we make up the collective, do we not? Mm-hmm. So until it's like you know that Gandhi way back when when he said it, be the change, <laughs> yeah. be the change. You know, it's easy. We started talking about judgment and pointing the finger on who needs to change, who needs to do what, but. Even if those changes come, the change hasn't occurred within on a deeper level. How can you really experience true change? Exactly. Be the change you wish to see in the world. I believe I've, I've shared that. And I, it's such a cliche saying, right? I feel like sometimes, at least when I first heard it, I would say it. And it came from a place of, um, like it just came from a place of like, mental ability like I just heard it so I said it I didn't feel it or act from mm-hmm. it you mm-hmm. know I feel like it's passed around so much and that once we really take into consideration like you said that we are part of the collective consciousness that we are a piece that we are the microcosm and the macrocosm yet we are also the macrocosm because there are, are microcosms in us and right. when we shift we shift the world absolutely when our fingers it's a drain of energy yeah it is it is. <laughs> so important. Your wisdom is really, uh, really profound. You have such a beautiful heart. And oh, I think we need to have another conversation of coming back on too, because I feel like I could talk to you in this way 
uh, for a long time. And I just feel really filled up by this conversation with you. And I think it's needed. And I feel like it's potent to be able to share it with others too, so that they can, they can hear it. Yeah. Well, thank you, you know, so much for, for having me on. Like for me, like this is my soul's work. Mm, I can feel that. (laughs) This is my soul's work. Like this is the thing that I can't shut up about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How can I, yeah. How can I really help people to rise up to, to, to their greater self, to the, all that is here from, for them. You know, it's like, Money is one of the ways that I help people do that just because money caused so much suffering in the world. But it's like when people work with me, yeah, we, we come in, we're talking about money, but we're looking at your whole life. (laughs) And I think sometimes people want to pinpoint it, right? They're like, Oh, but I'm here just talking about money. It's like, if you're not going to deal with this other shit in your life, then good luck. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Cause it's relationship. Like, Again, another cliche, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So we can't look at healing your relationship with money, but we're not looking at your relationship with your body, what you value, where your boundaries are, you know, saying yes when you want to say no, yeah. things like that. It's deep. Where can, mm-hmm. where can everyone find you? What, what, like, what's your website? What are your social channels? If you have any courses or things coming up uh, that you want to share with everyone, please bring that in. Cool. Um, so I'm on Instagram, um, just my name, GerdaVictor.com. And um, my Facebook business page is um, Victorious Living Now um, because we here to live our victory now, not when we die and go to heaven. (laughs) I love that. Right now. Um, I work with people one-on-one and I have a three-month one-on-one program. It's Living Magic, which is basically unpacking a lot of the things that we we just discussed here. And um, what else? Oh, my website is www.victoriouslivingnow.com. And... I've been guided by spirit to actually hold this four-week workshop, which is to help people sit with the discomfort and the tension of our current time so we can um, go deeper and do that work. Um, it's a four-week workshop holding the tension. If you go on my Instagram page, um, the link is there. And for the one-on-one program, I'm pretty selective about who I work with because we go so deep. (laughs) So I want to work with people who are really ready and who's going to transform and then take that out into the world. You know, people can email me or message me and we can have a conversation about how to um, take that deeper. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Gerda, Victor, and myself. This conversation truly filled me up on a deep level, and I'm so honored to share it with you. I'm honored you're here and that you listened. If you got something out of this episode, you're welcome to share it on Instagram and you can tag me at Kelly Rich Intuitive and you're welcome to tag Gerda as well at Gerda Victor on on Instagram. 
I'll post in the description of the podcast where you can find her, where you can find myself, our social channels, and our websites. I hope you have a beautiful day, and I'll be here next Sunday for a fresh new episode on Own Your Intuition, Conversations with Kelly Rich.